Well, it's a little awkward to just say this out loud, but kind of generally we banter for like a couple minutes in like a cold open, but we don't we don't have to. I don't know. No, I mean we can banter. Uh, uh, that Star Wars stuff all looks like shit. Ah, dagger to my heart, man. <laughs> dagger to my heart. I don't know. I don't know how many Pseudolorians I can handle. Look, I mean, I I like the the very recent Star Wars stuff, not the slightly more slightly less recent because i mean rice of skywalker was terrible and i like what they're doing now but i am really worried they're oversaturating it's sad like that's how many yeah. fucking pictures are on that image like it, it's a lot it's a lot you know harry i'm not gonna lie it's a lot and while they're all exciting in and of themselves god knows like two three four five of them are going to be clunkers yeah but... my favorite my favorite was uh womandalorian mm-hmm there's eleven Star Wars properties on that uh, that little map. I'm not sure which ones are movies. Like so, Rogue Squadron definitely TV series. Uh, then the why um, don't they just make it a game? Because it's good there. I well, mean, are games some, you can play with one hand. They, are some of these? They are some will. of these games? Harry, I'm sure they will. Like, I'm there will probably be an expansion to Star Wars Squadrons, and Nate will continue to refuse to play it with me. <laughs> I like I like how Indiana Jones is off in the corner there. Like, do you think do you, do you think they're going to bring Harrison Ford on there just so he could die in that one too? Just be free, Jesus. <laughs> just I'm free. Only if he gets thrown into like the loving arms of Chewbacca. Yeah, they'll have him cameo in Willow. Ugh, I'm excited <laughs> yes. for Willow. Time into Willow. <laughs> I'm excited for Willow. It's one of my favorite shows as a kid, so I was like, aww. I don't know if they'll be able to exploit as many little people this time. It was sort of an era norm, wasn't it? Like, if you look back at, like, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, like, all of the other movies that suddenly had to be native people. Yeah, like, Time Bandits, and, yeah. Yeah, like, literally, it was almost a genre norm, right? Like, <laughs> It's, yeah, one of those things that modern Hollywood doesn't like to talk about, isn't it? Yeah that and how they started the second world war <laughs> no um all right so how about this because like you're both terrible nerds for star wars um which one are you least excited about oh jesus uh let me pull it up i mean there's some of these i just don't fucking know what they are like add symbol r um, it's about so an I- android obviously it's andor bud uh, Andor. Okay, look. Yeah, that's so, that's Cassie and Andor. That's the Rogue One prequel. Oh, why are they? I mean, I I get why they have to do prequels because they fucking shot their own. Yes, yeah, because they killed the them with JJ Abrams. <laughs> I will say it's alarming, perhaps, that I don't think any of these are taking place after after Rise I mean, of Skywalker. I'm gonna say Obi Wan Kenobi. Because really, that should just be him living quietly in the desert, not talking to anyone. And it's not going to be that, so what the fuck are they going to do? <laughs> She's just taking a bonsai tree, like, cutting. Like, yeah, like, I mean, if that's honestly what it is, if it's, like, a just the quiet OB dreams opera, of bonsai. Him just having a quiet romance with a, with a Tusken Raider, you know? Oh, yeah, just... clearly. <laughs> oh, there's already a market for that in the world, and it's all German. Welcome to Garbage Magic, a Burkusatsu sub-podcast where we explore the best and worst of game books, and we find out which it's going to be as we turn the page. I'm Harry. I'm Nate. And I'm Sam. And I apologize for waiting this long to introduce my delightful cast of friends to the podcast world. Uh, Nate, I've been talking about this podcast for years, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you have never listened to an episode, right? I've also never listened to you when you talk about this podcast for years, because I think I heard it the first time last week. If you've been talking about it for years, I've just been tuning it out. I've been choosing a different adventure, Sam. I, like, literally, you know, every Wednesday or Thursday, I'm like, oh, I gotta go record the podcast with Harry, and you make fun of me every week for, like, three years now? Two, three years? But it's not this podcast. It was when we were watching obscure, like, Korean... This is is that podcast. Oh, God. 
Well, it's like a sub podcast of that. It's like because it's we, one that we're we got... intentionally breaking apart from that podcast because this one might actually be good. That makes more sense. <laughs> All right, I'm in on that. <laughs> that that was dead property in our heart of hearts. We've understood it. It, it. We have ten listeners, and I think like eight of them don't watch the shows. They just like listening. Like we're we're apparently good to listen to while you're doing laundry or something. So. Oh, good, good. Wait, wait, and Sam had the apology this episode? What? No, I, look, they, they've said they've said so. I have to do things like, hey, do you care about us covering the show? And they're like, yeah, we don't really watch this. Like, they know. Like, uh, <laughs> Just like, yeah, I don't actually give a shit what you have to say. No, I, we, we, we do love our, our fans, Nate, uh, Daniel. Uh, we can almost name them. But. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> If you couldn't, I think I'd have more concern. So you were brought up this podcast, first of all, under kind of false pretenses, because you thought we were doing Lone Wolf and Cub, but no. Uh, yes. Which I was really excited about, because I was like, is this a new jo- is like, is this a new generation of Choose Your Own Adventure books? Because if it had been, I'd have been there, you know, don't get me wrong, but... No, this is a very times- old, this is a very old generation of Choose Your Own Adventure books, with all the cultural insensitivity that that implies. That's fun, but you know, I gotta say, like, I'm actually really relieved that this is not a lone wolf and cub choose your own adventure book because I don't know how many times I could watch that kid die because I make fucked up decisions. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love that, honestly. Like, <laughs> just flip to the picture of the kid getting stabbed. Like, I get it again. I couldn't. I've got PTSD thinking about it. And, like the first choice is like to put the ball or the sword on the left, and if you do it wrong, oh god, well. Gotta kill the kid is the first thing. <laughs> yeah, that's where I would go. Go to mom. All right. No. Uh. So this is this is Lone Wolf. It's a long running series of game books where it's a fantasy setting. We are uh, the last of an order of like kind of psychic, powerful knights. Uh, we we were in the forest because nobody wanted to talk to us, and then they all got wiped out in an attack, and then we had to go warn the king. And now we're off on a quest to get a magic sword to save everybody from the. The Forces of Darkness. Yes, That's as a, right. As a Choose Your Own Adventure book, it is uh, beset with all the side quests. Uh, and in this particular one, like it's very much... It, it's more of a game than most Choose Your Own Adventure books because you're actually tracking stats. You're tracking hit points, items, that type of thing. Oh boy, I can't tell you how excited I am to play as the DM's character that the DM interjects into everybody else's campaign. Like that's that's what we're doing. We're playing the DM's character. Okay, mm-hmm. the DMPC. Briefly going over the build we've gone into. Uh, so we you choose some disciplines which are like special powers you have. So we have mind over matter, which is just a little telekinesis. Mind shield, uh, which is for psychic attacks. Healing, hunting, weapon skill, spear, which Sam was advised is a really bad choice, and he chose it anyway. And camouflage. Sam, why have you done that? Well, I mean, like, I could have gone with weapon skill sword, which the book clearly wanted us to pick. But then it was like... Yeah, that would have been, like, winning, and the left doesn't know what that feels like. Hey, it, in my defense, you know, the the character that we are role-playing as is, you know, this, like, this hunter in the forest who everyone just, like, sends away to go collect food because he, they don't like talking to him. And so okay. it makes more sense for him to have a spear than a sword. Oh god, we're we're we're, we're dumpstering the DMPC. Alright, fair enough. And by the way, the joke about leftism, I'm a leftist, it's just that Sam's run for political office a few times to no avail, so I was trying to jab him. Oh, it's all good. We do not hide our political no. views on this show at all. Like, you know, we're all about ACAB and BLM and yeah. Mm. Like I, I felt really really weird doing like a whole hey black lives matter announcement but like none of them black people here. black like, people are not doing <laughs> this, this. Is not the... <laughs> dear yeah. listeners diversify okay <laughs> is that why i'm here did you guys think i was gonna bring in the black vote yeah. i'm not <laughs> it's not how this is gonna go no we knew that that wasn't going to happen <laughs> sorry guys i mean the only other guest that we've had on the show uh, is ellen our sister ellen and... ellen ellen well, your, oh, your wife right, was on right. an episode also. Yeah, wait, wait, Sarah but... just yelled at me from the other room. Oh no, I might need oh. to go and do some damage control in a couple Harry, minutes. Harry, I, I thought you meant my wife, and I had this deep feeling of betrayal. <laughs> it's like, I'm divorced, and when? <laughs> God, that'll be right. your roof. <laughs> but I didn't see, like, backstabbing bitch on this list of skills, but fine! Uh, okay, so, and, and this book so far, we kind of just... We're on a quest to get a sword thing because the country is under siege by uh, the 
the Dracarim forces. Was it the the Sun Sword? Uh, is what they, we were they, looking for. The Sun Sword. The, the Summer Sword. The, the Summer Sword. Oh boy. Yeah. This is why that's. If we put it on a stick, is it a spear? Yeah, it, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, spears are spears are more versatile than swords. You know, it, it's like a sword, but longer. So, everything with a blade and a handle that is any shorter than a spear is technically a spear. It's like a rectangle and a square, right? And uh, we we were on a boat. The boat sank. We got robbed by some fishermen. And we really didn't do too well. And we had to hide in the rafters hunting rats until we cheated to get money to no, pay for a ticket. Not, Mary, and out no, page. we did not cheat. Uh, we got. We twi- did not cheat. The game was designed poorly so that we could just bet like every other number and have guaranteed winnings at the end. We didn't stop at twenty, then, did we? <laughs> well, the, the maximum was forty, but we not, are right now having to spend twenty ah. to uh, purchase a ticket. <laughs> and, and also, we did cheat because we used our telekinesis powers to move the the first thing, which a was a bit. bit of a DM gimme. Uh, but at the same time, we're fucking telekinetic. Why? Why was? Th- why did that have to be a DM gimme? That's also not. It's not cheating if it's a natural ability of yours. As we're going pages, just click on oh, them. Wait, wait, so wait. turn all to right, ten. So... Uh, let's let's reread this page, Harry. In all, it's one sentence. The fair to port box is twenty gold crowns, says the coachman in a gruff Regadornian accent. We, fair, we really haven't settled on any accents, by the way. Just okay. throw about wildly. That sounds good. If we have twenty gold crowns and wish to purchase a ticket, we turn to page ten. If we don't have enough money for the fair, we turn to page 238. Now, this forces us into capitalism right out the gate, right? Like, oh, like yeah. the only thing that matters to this situation is money. Neoliberal bastards. I guess we're going to 10. I mean, we are, you know, we are a legendary hero. We are on a quest from the king himself. Like, we are here to save everyone's lives. And this coachman is not giving us a fucking discount. Like, yes, we are in a capitalist society. It's a shame we can't attack him. So and this so, is this is the eighties. This is Reagan capitalism too. Oh, oh, it's rugged. So if we so, sidebar, sidebar, bird law sidebar. Um, so like if we if we come to a multiple decision point and we don't agree, how do we determine which one we do? You know, this has never uh, come up before. I don't know. Oh, we've been able to reach consensus, Ross brothers. <laughs> well, no, Harry's been playing the DM, so all the decisions have kind of fallen to me. So, hmm. Uh... I mean, you are the guest, so I suppose I'll 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 probably just do a odd even call and a random die roll. So shall we go to ten? Let's go to ten. We spend half our money. Your you pocket the ticket. Mark this as special item on your action card, and the man takes you to a coach that is waiting near the east gate of the seaport. It is empty, and you take a seat near one of its circular windows. You are relieved to find that the seat is quite comfortable, for your journey to Port Bax will take seven days. Stowing your equipment beneath the seat, you settle back in comfort and doze off. Which is a really bad idea, by the way. The last time we did this, we got mugged by sea people and thrown to drown and die. Hmm. Uh, when you awake, there are five other passengers, and the journey to Durinor has already begun. In my head, in my head, when you said sea people, I was picturing like the mythical sea people from like the Bible, you know. So <laughs> this is very interesting. Anyway, that would be cooler. So, uh, we now have to randomly pick a number, and uh, Nate, you can go ahead and just pick one of these numbers. There's a ran- wait. We pick a number from the random number table, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the random number table uh, is not the- random. Click on the link to the random number table and. Uh, Remember that this is a book. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> so it was kind of designed to work without a die. So you were supposed to just hover over it with a pencil and like twirl it around with your eyes closed. And then be like, uh, here. And then just say whatever number you have. Uh, random.org is fine. Using, we've been that. using random.org. All right. This does. So zero to three is 51, four to six, uh, 195 and seven to nine is 339. So it's a D10. We don't really need to say the page page numbers. Like, like I don't think that's well, but like what I'm saying is page 51 is weighted. Like the others are three out of 10. 51 is four out of 10. So the book wants us to go to 51. But does random want us to go to 51? That that is the question. I rolled a three. So, yes. Okay. (laughs) 51 it is. Should I read this one? Yeah. Yes. After nearly an hour, the coach stops at the shrine of Kalanane. Kalanani? 
Kalananya. It is said that the shrine is built upon the grave of King Alan, the first ruler of Durinor, and all around the shrine grew the clumps of Lamspur. If you wish to pick some of this herb, the Lamspur, turn to page 103. If you do not, return to the coach by turning to 249. Well, I mean, it, do we have herbalism? Do we have anything like that? We, we have... Hunting, I, yeah, I, I feel like hunting is kind of... Yeah, that, that's forestry, isn't it? Okay, if we know what we're doing, maybe take the herb? Well, I mean, I... I now, on the one hand, I've seen Game of Thrones, and I know what happens to Khal Droga, so if we get hurt, that comes nowhere near our wounds. But on the other hand, I've played a lot of D&D. And if there's an herb around a shrine, we're probably going to fucking want it. Yeah, are we playing this like Skyrim, like loot fucking everything? Like just I don't... come with oh. wedges of cheese and like empty buckets back to town? We do have a character, don't we? Um, remind me of the, the character here. Uh, we got average com- combat skill and endurance. Right now, our weapon is a... Uh, we got a dagger and a spear. Uh, oh, no, actually, we sold the dagger. Uh, but yeah, we just got a spear and the ticket and 20 gold crowns and we have, uh, we have eight inventory slots and we think we can understand animals, but we can't. Yeah, correct. Then we, we always have animal food on us. Yeah. Uh, hunting means that whatever we need to consume a meal, we can just kind of go find something and eat it. Regardless of where we are at the given time, like we've had to eat in rafters, meaning we have, you know, chatted up some rats and then consumed them uh, in the sea, in the ocean. You know, I suppose that means we've been fishing as we've been floating. Interesting. So if we didn't have hunting, we would have to consume food, find and consume food. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> OK. <laughs> well, let's let's grab the herb, man. Yeah, grab some herb. Let's do it. Lompspor is a delicious herb, much sought after in the last lands for its healing properties. You have picked enough for one meal. Eating this meal will restore three endurance points to your total. Uh, you wrap the herb up and return to the coach with the other passengers. We have food, which we don't need, but we have it. So we could use it as bait, perhaps for something else. Hmm. Well, it's healing, though. It gives you three uh, health points. Oh, okay. Good to know, good to know. Next page. During the course of the afternoon's journey, you chat with your fellow travelers and learn about their backgrounds. And then there is a very 80s portrait of, oh god. The Emperor of Mankind. Uh, Prince Valiant, an ogre, a rogue, like, with face, you know, half covered in cowl. And a dwarf cleric? (laughs) Strong female protagonist, don't there? We shall bet her. Sitting opposite are two brothers named Ganon and Dorier. They are knights in the Order of the White Mountain, warrior lords of Durinor who have pledged allegiance to protect the country from raids by the bandits of the Wildlands. They own a castle and land near Port Bax and are taking the taxi for some fucking reason. Uh, next to them sits Havelock the Merchant. His nose is swollen and his face is badly bruised thanks to Lachan, the overlord of Ragadon. A little misunderstanding about poor taxes lost him his cargo and most of his gold. Seated by the far door is a priest called Parcion. Like you, he is a summerlending uh, who has journeyed across the wildlands by coach on his way to Port Bax. Beside you sits a young woman called Viveka. She is a mercenary adventurer who earns her gold by fighting for it and sells her services to the highest bidder. Oh god, I don't like where this is going. She is returning to Port Bax, having collected payment for a successful adventure in Ragadorn. Not wishing to reveal your true identity, you have pretended to be a simple peasant. The travelers seem unaware of the war that now rages in the Summerland. If these are fucking important people, maybe you should drop a note to them? But no, we're just going to turn to page 39. They're just people. You got to treat them like they're normal, otherwise they get all upset. Haven't you ever worked in the service industry? I mean, I think Knights of the Order of the White Mountain... I think this is an expensive coach, though. Like, it costs 20 gold crowns. Yeah, that should be, like, a village's wealth for, like, a... We're bad at pretending to be a simple peasant. Why why do we let the guy fleece us for 20 gold? At dusk, the coach stops at an inn on the coast road to Port Bax. The cost of a room for the night is one gold crown for coach passengers and three gold crowns for anyone else. This is why we paid the big money! As you are about to enter, the coach driver demands to see your ticket. If you have a ticket for the journey to Port Bax, turn to 346. If you do not have a ticket, turn to 156. Now, I know that we have the ticket. Yeah. But 
I think this this is referencing if you totally fail to get money, you can just sneak on without a ticket. So ah. I think this is something happens. Like you maybe have to fight him. What if I want to fight him? Well, I mean, we could pretend not to have it, but no, I, no, no. I think we must follow the spirit of the book and Fine. turn to page three forty five or three forty six. Driver nods and hands back the ticket. The inn is warm but poorly furnished. You must eat a meal here, which will cost you one gold crown, unless you have a meal in which your backpack. The high discipline of hunting, the high discipline of hunting, cannot be used when instructed to <laughs> eat a meal on your journey through the wildlands. It is, it is a barren wasteland inhabited only by creatures called skulls. 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 A weakened, cowardly breed of geek. Geek. So, uh, do we want to spend the one gold crown for the room? Or do we? I want think we to... want to spend a gold crown for the room and a gold crown for the meal. If I'm reading this right, so that we can keep on to our meal in our backpack. Yeah, that's true. You must eat a meal here, which will cost you one gold crown. Now, now here's the thing. It says unless you have a meal in your backpack. So the rules lawyer in me says that if we have a meal in the backpack, <laughs> we don't have to spend money. We just don't have to eat the. Yeah, I think I think it's like uh, it's a win more. It doesn't say that we have to consume the meal, that we have to take it off our sheets, does it? No, it does not. It's dwarf bread. Just have it. Make sure <laughs> eat Sounds about right. Uh, Harry, you're the DM. Does a rule lawyering work? You know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a status thing. We come in showing off our stamina or whatever it is. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, I'm suddenly healed. And they're just like, oh, you really come in here at a tough time. Everyone was just arguing about politics and everyone's mad. You fixed it. Maybe we just need a couple of rats on the side. But we do spend the one gold crown for the room. So we turn to page 280. You sleep deeply without being disturbed before rising at dawn, gathering your equipment and joining the others as they board the coach. For two days and nights, the coach follows the trade route across the flat, treeless wildlands. It stops only to allow the driver to sleep. But on the morning of the ninth day of your quest, there is an unfortunate accident. Bam, bam, bam. I thought this was only supposed to take a week. Weeks, you know, we're we're on twenty twenty time. They stretch out. Yeah. Anyway. Also, I I just double checked. If you don't have money for a room, you you uh, you fucking die. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a commentary on like you know the state of homelessness in this I, land. I, so I work with the homeless, and yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So we got. Anyway, a, how about that number? We need a we need a D10 rolled. We got a coin flip, a fifty fifty chance for an unfortunate accident. And Harry, roll us a die and tell us what page to turn to to discover what flavor of accident we have has befallen us. We rolled a seven. One of the wheels jams in a deep rut, and three of the large wooden spokes are shattered. You are forced to stop and replace the wheel before you can continue to port backs. You volunteer to help the driver by levering the coach axle with a small tree trunk so that the spare wheel can be slid onto, uh, into position. You are pushing down on the stout branch with all your strength when the horses suddenly rear up and race forward. Oh, crap, they left the horses tied onto the wagon as you were doing repairs? Well, this is kind of on you. Uh, knocking you backwards to the ground. You are stunned and you lose two endurance points. The driver is not so lucky. The coach has run him over. As the poor man dies in your arms, his last words are, No accident! I... I saw... What I'm really seeing here is the distinct need for unions. This is a lack of safety protocols on these wagons. Well, we don't have the kind discipline of six cents. But we think we do. So, we... so no, we're just, like, leading in. We're listening no. to him. <laughs> no, no, wait a second. Alright, so, like, we're reading the first paragraph here, and I'm thinking... How is it that characters in these novels never, like, sprain their back? And then when you got to suddenly there was an accident, I was like, his back's out! I fucking called it! And that's not what happened, obviously. So we don't have the sixth sense, although we're trying? Uh, we think we have the sixth sense. We also think that we have animal companionship, but we do not. Oh. Uh, just go to go, just go to 168. <laughs> Sounds right. Don't, don't, don't make things more confusing. <laughs> Slowly, one by one, the other travelers appear and stare in shock at the dead coachman. We must bury him, says the priest. You silently nod your agreement and prepare a grave in which to lay the corpse. As you all walk back to the coach, you discuss what should be done. I know the road to Port Bax. I had better drive the coach. Volunteers have Halvork. I do hope we're not blamed for his death, says the priest nervously. It was an act of the gods, says Dorier. 
I shall testify to that, says Ganon. Lies are never spoken by knights of the White Mountain. It is true that in Durinor, a true knight will speak only the truth, whether for his own good or ill. His words seem to reassure the priest, and you are all soon once more on the road, heading towards the eastern horizon. It is late in the afternoon, when you arrive at a coach station in a small coastal village known as Gorn Cove, which is mainly populated by outcast thieves and skulls. And also by Gorn. Gorn! The death of the coachman is met by the villagers with great suspicion, but Dorier's words convince them that it was accidental. There's only one inn at the village, a tavern known as the Forlorn Hope. Its state of disrepair is typical of all the other hovels in this poor sea village. A room for the night costs one gold crown, the same as the other nice inn. <laughs> inflation like you know it's cost elasticity like apparently we die if we sleep outside for one night so i think we gotta pay for the room right i'm i'm not sure how crazy i am about dr halvorki and driving ever again <laughs> um i mean if this book has told us anything yet it's that if you don't pay you fucking die so uh yeah this is reagan's america what if we needed to get to the last inn at just one gold <laughs> In order to survive this, <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of flavor. All right, let's give him the money and move. We can pay for the room. Yes, yes, we are consumers. The innkeeper is a thin old man with only one eye. He hands you a key and points to a balcony opposite. Number two, the red door. He says. The other travelers each pay their one crown, collect a key, and make their way across uh, the crowded tavern floor towards the stairs. We must plan for tomorrow, says Dorier. All the others nod in agreement. I suggest we meet here, in the bar, in one hour, to decide what to do. As you close the red door of your room, for some unknown reason, you recall the words of Captain Kelman when you left Holmgird Harbor. There is evil treachery at work, and the enemy already has plans afoot to thwart your quest. An hour has nearly passed when your thoughts are disturbed by a knock at the door. It is the innkeeper, and he is carrying a tray of hot food. And we get some artwork of a one-eyed innkeeper carrying, uh, looks like, hot food. It's, it's horrifying. I would never eat anything anyone that looked like that brought me. With the compliments of one of your friends, he says, and uh, leaves before you can ask which one. You have not eaten today, and the food smells most appetizing. Uh, we do have the Kytus plan of hunting, so we can go to 290. Interesting. So, yeah, we have the discipline of hunting. The other option is to eat the hot food before you, or don't eat uh, and lose three endurance points. Unless we eat our meal. Um, I think we're about to hunt man, the most dangerous prey. Yes, I'm curious to see what hunting has told us. Take us to the Kai discipline. All right, it's going to take us to 290. The food smells delicious. But you notice that there are two or three drops of clear liquid on the side of the plate and another on the tray. At first, you suspect it's only water until you touch the fluid and notice that it is sticky. You recognize it as sap from the Nadern tree. Nadern. It sounds like you're trying to say every word as if you got hit in the head with a rock real bad. Anyway, so you recognize it as a sap from the Nadern tree, a deadly poison used by assassins because of its lack of flavor or scent and its renowned stickiness. The shock of your discovery soon turns to anger, and you race out of the room intent on discovering the identity of your enemy. Dun dun dun. Turn uh, to 200. Oh, there is uh, a little call out here. You must eat another meal in place of this poisoned food or lose, 12, uh, or lose three endurance points. Um... Should we should we eat the meal in our backpack? We can, but we also have healing, which regenerates us pretty fast. So it's up to you guys. Yeah, we kind of don't need to eat but, ever. I mean, yeah, and like these herbs could have more purpose later. Let's go ahead and just you know take the damage. Worst case, we'll eat the herbs the next time we gotta eat. So take the hit. We starve, but we're Wolverine, so we don't. Yep. Nate, you are the Marvel expert. Does Wolverine need to eat? Why do you ask me questions like this on the spot on the day when you know I've taken an edible? <laughs> um uh, so here's the thing he does right i would imagine my my read is yes right because his um i think it has two answers so it, when he doesn't have the adamantium in him uh, after like magneto rips it out right his like whole body gets like thrown into overdrive and like his healing factor is like healing ahead of itself so he starts getting big and strong and crazy and at that point like probably not but like regular wolverine yeah i think he gets hungry you ever seen that man eat have you read any comics like he fucking shovels it away. If he doesn't have to eat, he's going to die. I don't know where the food goes. 
But but didn't he regenerate from a drop of blood one time or something? Very specifically, that drop of blood was on the Emicron crystal. Okay, so it yeah. doesn't really count. Yeah, it gets used a lot. So, like, um, when a character does something that's, like, wildly outside of its power level, there's a logic fallacy comic book fans have for that, and it's called the Spider-Man versus Firelord. And so situations like that kind of apply. Because when a character does a thing that's way outside the scope of their power. By the time you reach the bar, the others are all seated at a large table awaiting your appearance. Drawing closer to the table, you realize you have found your would-be assassin. You will have to attack without giving any warning to your enemy, so study your fellow travelers carefully and then make your decision. And the the problem I just realized is that this is slightly relying on some information that came up before you came on, Nate. So it's up to Sam to... Well, you might notice a thing, but only Sam would know the significance. Okay, if you wish to attack the Knight of the White Mountain called Dorier, turn to seven. If you wish to attack the Merchant called Haverlock, uh, if you wish... So, the Adventurous, uh, the Priest, or the Knight of the White Mountain called Ganon. So my gut says Halvork is a bad guy, but that's only because it's like half-orc. I don't know. What was... Do you remember specifically the hint that Harry's referencing? I mean, he's also ugly. We got attacked by assassins before. I mean, the priest is wearing assassin gear. Oh, is she? I mean, the guy on the left in this picture, like, he, you know, he has a cowl up over his head. Also, he's acting really sus in the cart, like, you know, for being a priest, and, like, other people were like, hey, trust in God, and he was like, oh, no, oh, no. Right, sorry, you said priest, and I went to the one way over on the right in the picture. I mean... Yeah, she's the merc. Um, let's fucking merc him, then, if, if he's the one. Oh, hey, looking at the priest of the photo, is that a snake tattoo on his wrist? Yeah, and the assassins from the start of the book did have a snake tattoo. Oh, well, that's that. Yeah, okay. Let's. I'd like to use weapon skill spear. Let's gank the holy man. Parison, we choose you. Mm-hmm. The priest does not seem to be surprised by your attack. He draws a black sword from beneath his robes. Priest combat skill 16, endurance 23. Dun-dun-dun. How do we do this? Do you use the number jumper? Uh, yep. Yeah. So, Harry, what is our combat skill? Uh, our 19. combat skill is currently 19, three. so we got a difference of 3. Uh, we are very favored in this combat, um, and we are fully healed again because we turned a couple pages. So, this should be a breeze. So, does that mean we like add the differential to the numbers? We pick two numbers and add? Is that how it, it works? Or it, It's a table. It It's a 1980s table. Oh, I adore that stuff. Uh, yeah, Harry just posted the table. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, so scroll down, and we'll find the uh, the three four one where we're positive, and that'll let you know what happens. So, like, if we roll, you know, eight, nine, ten, then we are suffering zero damage, and you know, we'll just like two shot the priest, and even like the worst roll, uh, the priest will suffer five damage, and we will suffer four. Okay, so if we so... roll nothing but ones, we'll still win. Okay. So walk me through it as we do it here. Uh, Nate, did you want to roll the random numbers? Sure. All right. Bop it about, we get a two. They take six, we take three. How do I read that? Like, how do I get that number from these charts? Are you looking at the, the second, uh, the second one on the page? Yes. Yeah, our ratio is three. So random number two, then we do that one. So they take six, we take three. The The enemy is on the, the top bit, we are on the bottom bit. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I mean, not really, but fair enough. Roll again? Yep. One! <laughs> you're okay. not, you're not they, rolled they real good. At this. So, the enemy takes five damage, we take four damage. And again? Yep. Roll. Three! <laughs> ah, god damn it. Well, the enemy takes seven, and we take three. We are getting beat up by this assassin, which I suppose makes sense. It is an assassin. Nine? Oh, much, much better. Uh, yeah, they're, they're turbo dead now. If right, you win so the combat, turn to 220. Horrifying fight. Searching the body. You discover all you need to prove that he was the assassin. 
Inside his pockets, you find a half-empty vial of Nadarum sap, the deadly poison that was used to taint your food. Uh, then there is a scroll written in Giak, uh, giving details of your expected arrival in Port Bax. Giaks are orcs, basically. He must have located you at the Regidorn and uh, uh, hatched his murderous plans there. You notice that the weapon he carries is a Dark Lord blade, a fashion of black steel and forged in the furnaces of Helgadad, the infertile city of the Dark Lords beyond the Dern Crag range. Also, why the hell would you... Okay, if you're a secret assassin... Why would I you have the... a telling mark? Yeah, why... why would your primary weapon be screaming, I'm a secret assassin? <coughs> uh, maybe it's a really good sword. Sure, fine. Do we get to take it? Probably not. Uh, only there, in all uh, vast Megaman, can uh, black steel be made. But the final proof of his true identity is the serpent tattoo on his left wrist. Uh, the harbor thugs who attempted to kill you before had even left home guard before uh, bore exactly the same mark. His purse contains 23 gold crowns. Nice, which we get to keep. Do not forget to mark them on your action chart. And then we turn also, to page. What? I'm just going to say we have a half empty vial of nerd sap. Yeah, put that on the sheet. Also, put a black blade sword on the sheet. <laughs> We're looting fucking everything, Harry. We have a sword of the super... Well, Sam, you just you were just saying, why would you have a super evil sword, but now we're carrying one. Probably openly, right? We can't do that. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you don't keep the unholy weapons, bud. Fine, 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 fine. Alright. Turn to 33. The other travelers stare with horror and disbelief at what you have done. <laughs> Before you can explain yourself, there's a loud crash as the front door is thrown open. In rush, six armored soldiers led by the innkeeper. They're the town guard, and the one-eyed innkeeper is screaming at them to arrest you. Oh, just 1v6? We got this. <laughs> if we wish to fight them, or if we wish to escape by the rear door, Jesus. I mean, I yeah. feel like we should be able to explain. Tattoo, evil sword, assassin poison. Right. Well, we now have that in our inventory because you're a klepto. But I think... Um... Yeah, like, that was a bloody fight, right? Like, there was a bunch of low rolls. Like, we were knifing each other and rolling around the halls. Like, no wonder they were in horror. I don't I don't think we get out of this. It looks like we shot the sheriff. Did we shoot the deputy? Probably not. I mean, actually, probably, yeah. I'm assuming there's a lot of corruption here. I didn't what, what's decision? his life. I did not have the right. I don't... Uh, I mean, I'm assuming we're just going to die if we fight the soldiers. Is there a rule to flee? Like, can we run if it's not in our favor? Let's let's escape, I guess. Uh, there, we are outnumbered. Then again, you know, a cab. We could, you know, just like lay into <laughs> these guys. <laughs> well, we could. I mean, more than that, right? Like, it's actually really hard. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done any like actual sword fighting, but it's actually extremely hard for multiple people to attack one person at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we're also, we're a mind Jedi, too. Like, we should be able to take these guys. But okay. Also, it is at, also it is at Gab. All town guards are bastards. Yeah, oh, true. <laughs> true. So are we, we're fighting them? I mean, I don't want to end your guys' book on a whim here. How, how many hit points do we have, Harry? Because we kind of got beat up last fight. We got 20, but we'll have 21 when we go to the next page. Tempting, but we should probably escape. Okay. Well, I mean, you're, you're called it. Stand and fight, or run out the back door. <sighs> These are the hard choices. It's not hard for me, it's your guys' book. <laughs> if if we die, we will just rewind it, so don't worry oh. about permanently breaking anything. Well, fuck that. Let's, all town guards are bastards. 296. Alright. Uh, so the people flee the tavern as the town guard attack. There are six of them, and you must fight them one at a time. Ooh. You may evade at any time by running out of the back door and turning to 88. If you kill if... all the town guard and <laughs> Goal! <laughs> First roll! Oh, Jesus. Like, look at it's this. It's a so nine. We got, we got the sergeant first, and he has, like, you know, the best combat skill in town. So we're kind of, we're taking out the best one first. <laughs> and like so by the time we're fighting flick. town guard four, he's just like a baby. <laughs> It's like a kung fu flick. Like, like they're just letting us fight him one by one. Right. Yeah, you did 60 damage to him with the first roll. Oh, excellent. <laughs> well, let's see what roll number two does. 
Tate? Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> uh, fuck your town. Fuck your guard. Uh, and not only is it a baby at the end, it's a baby that has just watched, like, the five people better than him uh-huh. die. And Wait, so well he knows again? his face. Uh, I got a seven. Uh, they take 14. And uh, a 10, which I think is a zero, which is probably bad, right? No, you instantly killed them. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so in four swings, you've just dispatched the sergeant and the corporal, and now we just have, like, all the subordinates. It's a brutal fucking just... display. We're covered in the blood of their friends. A four. Well, you say that badly, but, you know, now that we're just fighting the regular-ass town guard, uh, I think we have eight higher combat skill than them, so... Four is probably enough. Um, uh, th- yeah, they have two life left, and we only took two damage. Oh shit! Uh, a one. I'll still finish him. Yeah, and uh, we take a little bit of a cut. Uh, but yeah, we're fine. All right, are we on town guard two? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lived his whole life like this. This town guard took <laughs> five. <laughs> this is why they didn't give me a name. This is why I'm town guard two. Uh, we did 11 damage to them and only suffered 2. Okay, and... a 7? That'll do it. <laughs> On to Town Guard 3. A 5. Just down the line. <laughs> uh, 5, and now we're in the 9 category. Um, Jesus. Alright. 12. They're down to 2. We're down yeah. to 11. Another five. Uh, we're down to nine, and they're dead. So last guard. Town guard. Here we go. All right. So let's just let's just imagine the scenario for a little bit. <laughs> There's a dead assassin and five dead town guard. We must be dripping in gore right just, now. Just oh yeah, we're covered, but we're also bloodied, right? Like they're like we're we're John Wick, and we're we're in the midst of the sheep here, but they're getting shots in. Mm-hmm. And just the last one, like the very last one, who also knows for a fact that he is the worst one, the yeah. shittiest one, is looking at us. Yeah, this is the kid who's like shaking that the the badass is normally like, yeah, get out of here, go home. But <laughs> we are first day. Yeah, but we aren't gonna do that. We aren't gonna do that. No, we're gonna go ahead and roll a a nine. That's what we're gonna do. He's, he's instantly killed. <laughs> <laughs> Headshot. <laughs> Poor son of a bitch. We have no sympathy. We have no mercy. We are the 80s. Uh, like, we, we didn't have to do this. Like, we didn't, we didn't have to murder him. We could have just, like, uh, held his collar, yelled at him, and he would have just left us alone for the rest of his life. But no, no. Did we take All this right, much damage two, from the rats? 221. 221. Well, we murdered everyone. Game over. The floor of the tavern is covered with the blood and bodies of the people you have killed. Outside in the main street, you can hear the chant of a mob. The local inhabitants believe that you are a mad murderer, and they intend to lynch you. Quickly, you make your escape through the rear door as the sound of the mob gets closer. <laughs> and as you, if you'll notice, that's the same page as it would have gone to if we had stopped them. <laughs> and we run at any point. We gained nothing from that. Well, except, except murdering six town guard. We gained memories. Uh... We defunded their police. Yeah, we sure did. <sighs> okay. I'll go. Oh, go ahead. You got it. Although the night has fallen, a full moon casts a bright light upon the village. A blood Behi- moon! <laughs> Behind the tavern, you see a small wheelwright's shop with two horses hitched to a hay cart. If you have the Kai discipline of camouflage, which we do, we'll turn to there. If you wish to use the horse and escape, uh, if you wish to hide in the wheelwright shop. So, we have camouflage, right? So... We'll turn to 179. Using your Kai discipline of camouflage, you can hide undetected in the hay cart until it is safe to come out. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll we'll do that. Hide in the, the hay wane. He occasionally uses really old terms that we have to look up. You know, like, housewain. I got this, like, thing that sends an email to me every day with a word, and today's was housewain. It was, like, someone that makes houses, right? And so, like, swain is an interesting, you know, suffix. When you're certain that the angry mob has passed, uh, you jump from the hay wane and run stealthily along the street, dodging from one shadow to the next. To your left, there's a shop with a sign above the door. 
Gunio's weaponsmithy. There's a light in the window, and the door is open. If you wish to enter, turn to 55. If you rather continue your escape, 347. We have 41 gold crowns. And there might be a cool spear. Yeah. We are looking for a spear, right? We, we have a spear. Oh, we do? Oh, okay. But, like, a spear plus one. Uh, Like a chain shirt. We need a, a new chain shirt. Okay. Let's, let's go to the 55, then. Uh, a large man dressed in a leather apron is busily sharpening a fine broadsword. He is seated at a grindstone that sends a shower of sparks high into the air every time he touches the blade to it. He bids you good evening and offers you the broadsword. Tis a fine blade, rod of dirty steel. It can be yours for only twelve gold crowns. Also, there's a murder on the loose, so you should arm yourself. <laughs> Here, take way, this you weapon. Co- you seem to be covered in cop blood. <laughs> Shouldn't be worried about that. <laughs> is cop blood distinct? Is this, like, is this like Harry's one drop policy? <laughs> I don't know, man. This is not how I expected this to go. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, we don't need a sword. We've got spears. Yeah, th- there's no mechanical difference for weapons besides the weapon skill thing, so... Mm-hmm. So do we want to leave by the front door or the back door? Probably the back door, right? Or... I mean... That's a personal choice. I was gonna say... I don't... I'm not a big fan of the dirt road home. Are, are we are we flipping for this? What what are we? I'll relent to Sam's proclivities, and we'll go out the back door. Back door it is. You get to read it though. You enter a small alleyway behind the shop, at the end of which you can see a horse tethered to a post. If you wish to take this animal and flee the village, uh, turn to yada yada. If you do not wish to take it, leave by alleyway by turning to nineteen. Well, Spear is a horse weapon. Yeah. Uh, Harry, how many hit points have we regened? We're up to 15. Okay. Because, uh, Nate, with our healing, like, every page we turn, we get a point back. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean... It's real handy. Let's take the... Uh, are we taking the horse? I'm, are we going to add horse, horse theft to murder? Uh, I mean, that's one of those, like afterthought charges that you know the magistrate would just throw on there like murder one murder two murder three uh horse theft also it's the it's the mandatory minimum of... that, that, that's that's not how murder works sam like if you kill it's not like murder one for the first one murder two for the second and like is if you do it right and you can do a murder one a murder two and a murder three in like a single night I don't, like, is that's... there a murder three uh, there is Okay, I'm but just, I think like, that's some, as far as Some it goes. states call it manslaughter, but, you know, some states call it murder three. Like, if I, you killed, like, 50 people, you wouldn't be doing murder 50. <laughs> I mean, have you tried? No, but you might do 50 murder threes, depending how you did it. You have to be really rich. You have to own, like, a, I don't know, diamond shop to do murder three. Third degree murder? We, we or take murder the horse. Three? We take the horse. Uh, oh. Murder oh. three, a.k.a. Murderaga. <laughs> I, there's a movie coming out called Murder 3 and that breaks my heart <laughs> Murder Murder 3 Tokyo Drift Jesus <laughs> Alright we, we spur the horse along the twisting village street across oh the God. bridge and up a steep path towards the crest of the cove in the light of the moon you catch a glimpse of the signpost pointing eastward Port you ride all night without miles. As the dawn breaks, you are greeted by a startling change of landscape. The barren wildlands have given way to moors and waterlogged fens, and a dark shadow runs the length of the eastern horizon for as far as the eye can see. This is the Durinor Forest, the natural frontier of the mountain kingdom where it borders the untamed wildlands. It is indeed a welcome sight. You are no more than a day's ride from Port Bax, but you are tired after your night ride and you must eat a meal or lose three endurance points. Uh, so with left of the wildlands, we can use hunting, so we trap a wild moor rat or marsh bird for our breakfast. Do we get to choose? I mean, I, I'm I'm Team Marshbird. I'm also Team Marshbird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have a nice Marshbird. Yay! Just one. After an hour's ride, we come to a fork in the road. There's no signpost, left or right. Jesus. Oh, wait. Now I'm from Vermont, and I'm supposed to take one of these paths. <laughs> Your call. Your call. I, oh God. I, all right. In, so... in theory, uh, there's a map we can follow, but like, I'm not sure where we are in the map. Yeah, I'm so lost from the map. Oh, okay. It's not a great well, map. 
fair. Um, let's assume most people go right, and then I will uh, Robert Frost my way to the left fork. Okay, we are taking the path. Let's take it, Harry. The road follows a course along a high, grassy ridge for many miles before turning northwards to the coast. You pass a village where the houses curve in a circle around a large pond of stagnant water. As you ride through, a gaggle of Zal children come running towards you, shouting and throwing stones. Fucking Zal children. (laughs) Fuckers. You descend into the deep valley beyond the... Uh, beyond and gradually the moor gives way to richer lands that have been cleared and plowed the hillside opposite is heavily wooded you are not far from the coast and you can see the tall cliffs with the multicolored bands of rock jutting out into the ocean then just as you are passing through a small uh, copse uh, you hear desperate cries for help off to your right so do we want to aid the people in trouble or ignore their desperate pleas and continue riding (laughs) (sighs) You, you laugh, Nate, but Sam abandoned a group of children to be eaten by, like, pterodactyls. It the was the book. right call, Harry. <laughs> it was the right call. Did anything, did anything happen because Sam abandoned them? Other than they got eaten. Yes, they died. <laughs> yes, not the children, Harry. Just the Sam with their, no, with their consequences. Mean, the book gave me, like, three chances to turn back and help the children, but nope, nope, I just kept going. Oh, I that's had a, a mission. That's kind of fun. I I feel like we tempt fate. Let's see if it gives us if it gives us two opportunities to do it. We'll take the second opportunity. How about we'll just ignore the desperate please? Continue riding along the road. Well, it depends. Does our character consider children to be animals? They kind of are. I mean, then he probably thinks he understands them, right? Harry, remind me what what is our mission right now? We are on a quest to retrieve the summer surd. Summer surd. Uh, yeah, we need to get to Hammerdahl. Um, well, then I think we're on a mission. Um, okay, let's do it for the first one. Let's go to 198 and see where it takes us. You have covered less than 20 yards when your horse rears up and bolts. <laughs> you are thrown to the ground and you lose one endurance point. Brushing the dirt from your cloak, you curse as the animal disappears out of sight. You will have to continue your journey from here on foot. Turn oh, 138. fucking bullshit book. Like... That is the horse guilt-tripping us for abandoning whoever was in need. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you're a monster. We're not monsters. We're on a mission. You have to think of the big picture. It's not about saving three children. It's about saving three million. Jesus. This is double hilarious because the path we just missed is the chance to get a magic spear. The one, I think that's the one time in the entire series where you can get a spear better than default. Are you serious? Yeah. Do we need that spear? Mm. If I could turn back time. Uh. Turn to 138. You've been walking for nearly two hours when you reach the peak of a hill and see the dirt or forest stretched out before you. The road bears eastwards and enters the trees at a point where the large wooden tower has been built. You can see the silhouette of a soldier on guard. If you wish to continue on your journey, journey towards the watchtower, turn to 232. If you'd rather avoid the guard, make a wide detour and enter the forest further south, turn to 244. Are we still covered in the gore of our enemies? I I can imagine we've washed off the cop blood by now. I mean, what's good, we've already killed cops. Like, fuck this guard. Hmm. I mean, the, this might be good. Are, are we near Sam. Fort Bax? What? <laughs> We're here to fuck. Come here, guard. Alright. Walk straight towards it. 232. You are less than 20 yards from the tower when the guard steps forward and demands to know your business. You notice that the soldier is wearing the red coat of a Durinese man-at-arms and realize that you've reached the border of Durinor. You seem to find some way of getting past him. Or you need to find some way of getting past him. If you have the Kai discipline of six cents, turn to 149. If you decide to say you are a merchant on your way to the port of Bax, turn to 250. If you decide to offer him a bribe, turn to 68. And if you want to show him the seal of Hammerdahl, if you still have it, turn to 223. Do we still we have do. the seal? We do? We, we do. We, we got it off of uh, one of the fishermen we killed. Okay. God, I, <laughs> I forgot how many people we murdered in that town. Okay. This isn't the first time we've done murder. Uh, do we want to show the seal of Hammerdahl? Yeah, let's fucking do it. Okay. The guard stares at the magnificent ring in awe. 
The legend of the Seal of Hammerdahl is well known to the people of Durinor. It is said that all lost treasures of the Durinese, uh, the Seal of Hammerdahl, is one that they would not wish returned. The guard's anxious face shows he clearly recognizes the ring's dreadful significance. I will not hinder your urgent mission, but I cannot help you except to set you on the road for Port Bax. Continue on this forest path, and you will come to a fork near a stunted oak tree. Take the left, Jack. It's the quickest way. You thank the loyal guard and push on once more into the forest. A mile, so, a mile or so along the road, you come to a fork and take the left track. It leads to a stone bridge across the river, river rift. Uh, waters of the river rift are over one mile deep and up to two miles at its widest point. Near the bridge, you find a signpost. Port backs three miles. You breathe a sigh of relief, for you should arrive there in under an hour. You know what they say, no take backs. At dusk on the tenth day of your quest, you experience your first sight of the magnific- magnificent city of Port Bax. Like a diamond set in the green velvet shore, the towers of the city glimmer in the pale light of a waxing moon. To the north is the harbor and the formidable war fleet of the Durnese Navy. To the east, beyond the moss-covered city hall, stretches the forest of Durinor. And there, on the crest of a hill, stands a castle tall and proud, the crowning glory of this beautiful port. You enter Port Bax through an unguarded gate in the city in the green city wall, and make your way through the darkening streets towards the harbor. As you turn into a tree-lined avenue, you notice the wide stone steps of a domed building to your right. You stop to read the black brass plaque. City Hall! Despite the late hour, the main doors are open. We don't have tracking. We have hunting. We took the back store in. Hmm. City Hall or Harbor? Like, what? Are we... Some... So, are we supposed to be meeting, like, a dignitary here? Hmm. We're on official business, aren't we? Yeah, but I don't think the Summer Surge is in this city. I mean, we're gonna have to talk to someone at some point. We can't just kill everybody. Uh, I mean... Maybe we can. I don't know. If we'd killed more people, we would have gotten you a spear. <sighs> but we were on a mission. Magic murder spear! Damn it. Ari, what to be fair, magic murder spear do? <laughs> To be fair, we would have had to fought a shape-shifting horror demon to get it, but uh, it 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 does have some stats. Uh, like it's a magic weapon useful against some types of undead. Ah, uh, uh, this is why they don't recommend that you use a spear because we're gonna fight things that require magic weapons. Oh no! Is it impossible to win without a magic weapon? It's just it's just harder. Like your stats are worse. Ugh. Well, gentlemen. Uh, City Hall? Sam, you just can't turn away from politics, can you? City, I mean, it's City like Hall said, it is. we should talk to someone. City Hall it is. Just inside the main door sits a kindly old man with a long beard. He is studying a huge leather-bound book that rests on a lectern before him. He has not noticed you enter the City Hall. If you wish to ask him the way to the Consulate of Summerland, 211, if you wish to leave and... Yeah, we we ask him. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, are you sure? Are you, yes. are you sure? Yes. Is that your the final consulate. answer? Yes. The consulate of Summerland, he says in surprise, somewhat taken aback by your sudden appearance. Then recovering himself, he says, why, of course. It is in Allen Square near the harbor. Turn right when you leave and right again at the end of the avenue. That will take you to the Red Gate. You'll need a red pass to enter as the consulate is in the naval quadrant of the city. It's in a restricted area. You need the red key. It's it's fucking heroes on my magic three. Like we're gonna get through the red gate here. All right. Get how do you get a red pass from the captain of the port watch? He says you're obviously a stranger to port backs. There are a few indeed that do not know the answer to that question. The port <laughs> watchtower is at the end of the avenue, just as you turn for the red gate. You take the old man and leave the city hall. Thank you for telling us these. Like, we, we just thank this guy for being like, yeah, yeah. you fucking idiot. <laughs> We're snarky when we thank him because, you know, he was throwing us a little bit of shade. Right, Christ. 191. At the end of the avenue, the cobbled street turns abruptly to the right. Opposite this point is a tall white stone building with a plaque above the door. It says Port Watchtower Harbor Authority. It's the Port Authority, and it's got the <laughs> Marine Corps symbol. Excuse me, it says Harbor Harbor of Authority. You can see that the cobbled street ends at a high stone wall. 
there's a large red gate in this wall, and it is guarded by two soldiers. Beyond the gate, you can make out the masts of ships moored in the harbor. If you wish to enter the port watchtower, return or return to 318. If you wish to approach the red gate, turn to 246. Now, I'm just saying, we've killed guards already. Well, don't we, we need to go to the watchtower to get the red key. Oh, we have different red keys. Red and tooth and claw keys. Uh, let's go to the watchtower. But it's more steps to do the same thing. You're standing in a large empty hall. Damn there it! There are two doors, <laughs> each with a brass sign above them. If you wish to enter the door marked white pass, go to 75. Red pass, 60. Oof. So we could also got leave the- and go back to the guards at the end of the street by hitting 246. My vote's on 246. Uh, let's, just, let's just get a red pass. That's not gonna work that way! It's gonna be like, you must have a white pass. Turn to 62. Fine. You enter a large room full of ledgers and files. A man wearing the uniform of a Duranese naval officer is seated opposite at a large desk. He peers at you inquisitively from behind a huge book and says, You must have pressing business in the naval quadrant to apply for a red pass at this late hour. I shall need to see your access papers and proof of your commanding officer's authorization. If you do not have the documents he requires or do not wish to show them to him, you will have to risk showing him the seal of Haberdal if you possess it. Dot, 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 if you've collected the necessary documents. Uh, if you do not have either the seal or the documents, leave the room and return to the outer hall. Let's show him the seal. Like, this is taking way too long. This is not the interesting part of this book. Uh, is no, it? it's not. <sighs> Alright, fine. 263. The man stares at the seal with a look of shocked dismay. Without saying a word, he gets up from his chair and beckons you to follow him up a flight of spiral stairs that leads to a domed chamber. Here you meet the captain of the port watch. He listens intently as you tell of the war in Somberland and of your urgent mission. Issue a red pass immediately, he orders. Top priority! You collect your red pass, leave the port watch tower, and hurry along the street towards the harbor guards. Mark the red pass on your action chart as a special item. Turn to 246. One of the guards asks for your pass. We got it. Turn to 202. It's fine. <laughs> what if we had showed them a white pass? What, what if we just happen? went to the guards and killed them and walked in? He says it's the wrong type of pass and asks you to go back and then we, like, <laughs> <laughs> Can we fight him? Could we have fought him to get through? No. Damn it With all. These guards we don't want to murder. Oh. Right, they're friendly. The soldier salutes and allows you to pass through the red gate. Uh, you walk into an open square lit by tall beacons lining the quayside. To your relief, uh, you sight the marble pillars of the Summerland Consulate and the familiar sudden flag of your country flying above it to the fresh night breeze. As you climb the stone steps, you are recognized by the Summerland guards on duty at the main door. Not sure how they recognize this, but anyway. Uh, they disappear inside and quickly return the in the company of a tall, gray-haired official. His anguished, his anguished expression suddenly changes to a smile of joy as he beholds your ragged Kai cloak and tunic. Hope beyond hope. Thank the gods you live, Kai Lord. The scant news that has reached us from the west has caused us great alarm. Oh god, your it's usher- C-3PO. You are ushered inside and taken immediately to the envoy of Summerland, Lord Lieutenant Rygar. Turn to page 31. Fine. The first meeting with the Lord Lieutenant comes as something of a shock. You had perhaps half half expected him to be a servile old man, as are the envoys of the southern lands that plague your king's court with their delegations. The man clad in heavy chainmail standing before you is neither old nor servile. You are soon to learn that Lord Lieutenant Rygar is an exceptional man. Born of a summer-lending father and a Durnese mother, he has become something of a legend in the city. Sort of a Durnese mountain de- mother. In the last decade, he has led an alliance of the nations to victory against the invading ice barbarians of Kalt. West wise in peace, fierce in war, you could not have wished for better company on your quest for the summer's surd. <laughs> Rygar orders that a sumptuous meal be served. It's by far the best food you have tasted since the war began. During the feast, you recall the events that have brought you the port backs. <laughs> you have a flash series of flashbacks. <laughs> we're in a After PTSD meal, moment. We're huddled up under the table. And I fucking knifed him. I just tore his throat out. Rygar sends for a physician who attends to your PTSD. His potions restore six endurance points. Then he advises you to sleep, for you are to leave with the Lord Lieutenant for Hamidal in the morning. Uh... 
And we, we are back to full, by the way. Early next day, you are taken to an enclosed garden at the rear of the consulate where Rygar and three of his best soldiers await you on horseback. They are to be your bodyguard and guides on the 230 mile ride to Hammerdahl. The streets of Port Bax are just beginning to come to life as you ride through the town. Passing under the moss covered city gate, you now feel confident that your mission will succeed. Is this like the end of the book, or is this another. This might be another stopping point, because like, there's a lot of book left. Jesus. Um, <laughs> this does feel like a decent stopping point, though. We got th- we got through the first one in, like, one episode. I don't know why this one is, like, three <laughs> episodes. And, and we're... I mean, it, it didn't help that we're taking so much time to murder cops in this one. Well, t- <laughs> to be fair, they chose to be cops. I don't know. Your if call, we reviewed I mean, the body cam footage, we acted in self-defense. Jesus, at the start we did, at the end we didn't. There's a big amount of action at the end of this book that I didn't realize it took so long to get to. So, I mean, it's it's your call, Nate. Um, you're definitely invited back to uh, a couple weeks when we'll finish Yeah, this it. is super fun. I'd love to finish it out with you. All right. So, I guess we're going to be wrapping up here. We have uh, new bodyguards, which I'm sure we're going to get murdered as soon as we turn the page. Yeah, they did. Uh, so dead. So dead. Just as dead as that town guard. Oh god, now, now we gotta do the sign-off and we're gonna have to explain it to Nate. Um, you can just do it, but tell me about it for next time. Uh, Alright, so, uh, Sam, what are we gonna continue to do in the as we think about the murdered cops we've left in their wake? We're gonna keep dancing. We're just gonna keep dancing. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck, that us. <laughs> <laughs>